Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is 94, episode 94 of Two Teachers Talking. Uh, Charles and I get together to talk about English in Japan and uh, the problems that we encounter in trying to do that. And today we're going to take a look back at 2017 and see what maybe we can we can learn from what happened and what we did. Um, so looking back, Charles, what do, what do you think? 2017, good, bad, meh? What was it? Uh, uh, it wasn't super good and it wasn't super bad. Um, I feel maybe it was... Well, hold on a second. Let me let me restart over for a second here. And we've talked about this before, Tony. This conspiracy of silence thing, mm-hmm. right? Of you know, you go into the part timers' room and nobody ever comes in, or at least in my experience, I might be the only person I think who's done this. But go in and say, "No, I really taught a crappy class this, you know, or I taught two crappy classes this morning, and I feel really, really." bad. I mean, everybody's always talking about their successes. And so when we were talking about this podcast and what we were going to talk about, I really thought, how honest can I really be about my year? And so I'm going to do my best to be honest. And in it was a disappointing year, I think. Hmm. I was very disappointed in myself. I didn't think I did the job I should have been doing. I don't think I did the best job, and I'm not going to make excuses and blame it on you know external forces because our job basically is to go into the classroom and do our best regardless of the lack of support we get. And so my response is, yeah, meh, mm-hmm. not not real pleased with what I did. Some good moments, um, some other moments that made me really think twice about teaching. And whether I want to continue down this road, and you know, how honest am I go, able to be with myself about that? Hmm. Yeah, and I thought you know, this topic is a kind of a good chance, like for exactly that kind of self-reflection. Kind of at the end of the year, you kind of pick yourself up, and dust yourself off, and ask yourself, okay, what the hell just happened? Um, yeah, how for better you? for better for worse. Well, I, not that different from yours, but maybe a, a little bit different. Um, as I started, like you know, pre- preparing for this, uh, it was what struck me was how little was memorable. I mean, there were no, not necessarily. I, I got a bunch of little things here to talk about, but no big events, you know, no high water marks, no real disasters. Well, a couple of disasters, which I'm going to be honest about too. Um, but I don't know what that means. That there was. Um, not that much. I mean, you look back, it's kind of, like you said, meh. I don't, I can't really say if I was, it really, well, I know I've tried my best. I, I don't know that I was at my best at any point. Um, that's always a difficult thing because um, it's so dynamic. I mean, you can have excellent classes that um, either you know, push your buttons and make you a, a really brilliant teacher or, um, you know, make you lazy and vice versa. You can have like an awful class, right? That's really difficult at some, and somehow you might use that to, um, pull, pull stuff out that you didn't know that you had and you can have your greatest success with, with bad classes. Um, I don't think any of that happened this year. It's it's all kind of gray for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my things are my my observations and things that happen, the things that stick out are are relatively small. So I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm wondering whether or not it's regression to the mean. After how many years of teaching for you now? Well, around thirty. Yeah. So I've been in the classroom since 27, so I'm 32, 33 years next year. Hmm. I think I feel exactly the same way. Everything seems gray, muddled, nothing really. I can't think of any of those exceptional moments where I thought as a teacher I did something excellent that you know, I could say with a lot of pride, like, okay, that was a really nice move or that was a really nice way to adapt or I taught that really well. Mm. Um, I feel that there's nothing that really stands out. There's a couple of moments 
that I recall, you know, two that were very, very pleasant, one that was rather unpleasant, uh, and uh, another one that I did something that I can't really tell whether it was good or bad. Hmm. But, yeah, I think it's just a feeling of, I'm glad the year's done. And I'll look forward to restarting and spending the break trying to really rethink things and trying to recalibrate how I'm approaching teaching. They're just, um, I think the biggest noticeable thing for me was the real absence of joy in well, my that's teaching. that's too bad. Usually, you know, I, I find, yeah. But I usually it's a joyful thing for me. Mm. And a lot of it has to do with the fact, or especially in the second semester, and it's... I don't, I don't want to disparage my, my students, but I have a Monday class that, you know, it's my first class of the week, and they just will not respond. And they're reasonably high-level students. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where you walk in Monday morning, you walk in with a big smile on your face, you say, good morning, and there's no response and things you've asked the students to do for 12 weeks and after 12 weeks they still won't do simple things like after you know for example i've told them i always when i put you in groups you always do your isot so you're you're greeting you say hello good morning how are you how was your weekend and i would walk in and every week they'd put them into groups and they would just sit there silently and that was um that little thing just that little thing would just move my anchor <laughs> in the wrong direction, I think, mm. is the best way to say it. Because it's my first class. I'm happy. Mm. I'm kind of... And then there the bubble would get popped and there would... And it would be... I'm, I'm overly emotionally sensitive to it or spiritually sensitive, but I want to go into a classroom and I want to feel great in the sense of I want to feel that the students are learning and I'm doing something meaningful. And that happens and suddenly I just think you know, why can't you get it after 12 weeks, 13 weeks? And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But mm. that real, I mean, I did, there are some classes where I felt really happy, but that overall consistent feeling of, yes, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, and I feel really, really good. And I like this. This is what I want to be doing. That wasn't really present this year. I felt, you know, I better just really do the best I can, do my job, be competent. Mm. And that was a bit disappointing. Yeah, it is. That, that's that, that's hard to well, do. Well, thanks, Tony. Thanks for being disappointing. <laughs> that's hard. That's hard. Do you, well, do you still feel like you're you're getting a lot of joy out of the classroom? Yeah. Really? Um, I can't. Yeah. On a constant, consistent basis? Well, that, you know, I've got, what, it's 17 I'm not talking about moments. 17, 17, 18 classes, and there are, I have moments like the one you just described, especially with some classes more than others, but other schools and other classes... Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. If I if I wasn't, I, I I would, I would need to make some changes of, of something, either, either the way I teach or just teaching or not teaching. But no, I get, um, and again, I'm I'm very very fortunate in uh, a, a few of the college colleges where I teach, um, and I and it's not because I, you know I'm some kind of teacher. It's because of the students. They, the, the students are a joy to teach. Um, yeah. and it's real nice and uh, I'm very, very fortunate in, in having those kids to teach. Well, let me rephrase it. I think what I'm trying to say is I have a couple of those classes and I get to work with some really incredible students, but I'm talking more about just the overall feeling of looking back on the year and that those moments seem more isolated versus kind of distributed. Mm over the, the the year. In other words, I'd say that up until a number of years ago, a few years ago, there was just a general sense of real joy, even having difficult classes or the difficult classes or the classes I couldn't work with or couldn't connect with didn't affect me so strongly. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, a lot of those difficult classes you can actually get, those are some of the ones you can actually get the joy from. But right, no, I, th right. I think overall, no, I'm still... I'm still stepping up to the plate, and I'm I'm still swinging it for the fence, and I'm I'm feeling good about it. So mm. yes, I mean I got my my, <laughs> you know my punch the door days too, but but overall I think I'm doing okay. But let's get let's get down to some specifics, huh? Okay, something we go. did. So um something stupid, something small. Uh, again, neither good nor bad. Just like one of these. Uh, 
<laughs> kind of things. Um, um, for almost all of my classes, depending on schedule and things, scheduling and so forth, and very much tailored to individual classes and schools and things. Um, my last class in December is very often some kind of Christmas um, class, and it's not a Christmas party or anything. sometimes it is. If, if students ask for it, that's what we do. But they've got to ask. Um, but I'll put together a special Christmas class for them. So, for example, a reading writing class, it, I have an exercise that I worked with, uh, worked out with the final chapter in the uh, from the movie Smoke, or. There's okay. another uh, a sitcom that I use, but then there's like, uh, you know, questions and discussion that go along with it. So it's not just just as play. It's in the real classes. Um, and uh, at uh, one of my schools, <clears throat> I gave them a choice between those two, right? A fairly light, a rom-com sitcom kind of thing or, uh, you know, Christmas themed or this other not so Christmas, a little more serious, more meaty things and one of my schools three of the four classes chose the meat they chose smoke yeah by the way for people blew me away <laughs> blew me away says okay that's the good, paul good oster movie right yes okay yes and it's a um yeah and it's about you know a, a christmas a writer who's got to write a christmas story and he he leans on his friend to tell him the story and well, there's all kinds of things going on it's fantastic right that's william hurt and harvey Keitel. right the, and the end is that's just uh, the ending's great. Yeah, it blows you away. It's it's it's, yes. uh, it's a good quality. movie. It's great quality. So, um, so yeah, they chose it, and I says, "Well, this is unusual." And I, they as a as classes this year, they didn't seem more serious, but that's what they chose, and it's like, okay, I gotta I gotta think about this, <laughs> and uh, why you know was I based my perceptions on what did it mean in terms of the way that I taught them? Did I miss this is a missed opportunity? Um. So anyway, food for reflection with that. Um, you want me to keep going with a different one? Sure. Okay. Um, completely, these are all completely unrelated, right? Um, students passing out in class. Um, wow. I had... You um, mean seriously passing out, yeah, not yeah, falling yeah, asleep. Boom. No, no. Fainting. Boom. boom. Yeah, it's, sensei, we have a problem. <laughs> and the kid is you know, in a puddle. Um, I had... Uh, one kid in the summer and another kid two times in the fall. Um, and so um, it made me, <laughs> after, after the very first event, um, go to each of my schools and say, okay, you know, you don't really provide us with this information so i'm going to ask for it say okay what when a kid when a kid passes out in my classroom what do i do um who do i call what happens and up until now it's happened occasionally once every several years and it's like such an outlying event that you really don't think about it too much i've kind of relied on the kids to you know pick up this like because they they kind of know what to do but teachers should know and teachers and schools should tell us um so just one of those things out there, you know, you got time, you're beginning school again in April in a few months, uh, maybe a little thing in your first week. It's like, you know, find out. It's like, okay, for emergencies, who in the class, because you're, you're the captain, right? You're the teacher. Um, it's kind of your responsibility. Um, maybe for the schools where you're teaching, find out what it is that you're supposed to do. Who do you call? Um, are there, is, is there policies or procedures? Is, is there something you should do, you shouldn't do? Um, find that stuff out before you have, you know, before <laughs> you're, you're, you're in a panic situation, right? Yeah, you mean like, you know, make sure you know how to use an AED so you don't have to read the directions in case you need to use it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jesus, you know, these directions are not clear. <laughs> yeah, what's this kanji? Uh, yeah, that's actually, it's a very good point. I think it it's hard for me not to take that down a negative road, but just the unbelievable lack of information in terms of what to do for emergencies, how to handle emergencies, what are the resources available for us. Uh, that's mm, It's another one of those those big holes, but um, we have being, to handle but it. being, our job. Us yes. being informed, yeah, okay, it puts, puts the burden on us, but it allows us, okay, this is an idea. We, we ha now have uh, the opportunity to get the information, to act on it, and exactly. to be prepared for it. So that's, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it highlights a, a weakness, but it knowing the weakness lets us prepare right. for it. So 
and the knowing who to call so you can get on exactly. your, your exactly. cell phone right away and call and have somebody in the room as quickly as possible who knows what to do or knows what the resources available are for those kinds of situations. Okay. Exactly. All right. Continue, please. Continue? Okay. Oh, please. Um, I don't know about how about this statistically either, but, okay, I teach in a week with 550 kids. Um, I have four, at least, maybe one more, but she's disappeared, at least four students with severe um, psychological, and in some cases, coupled with physical problems. Um, they shouldn't be in school. Um, they're in different schools. There's some more than one at one school, but um, they're all female. Um, one kid who uh, is tiny and oh, she must weigh maybe 80 pounds, 85 pounds, severe asthma. Um, I think probably victim of bullying, um, real heart breathing problems and just can't, well, She's an English major. She never talks to me in English. She's missed a lot of classes. She always comes with the medical um, excuses from, from Kyomoka. Um, Another one who's had pretty heavy-duty psychological problems. I've had her for two years. Um, she's, you know, being treated. She's medicated. But, you know, they're obviously toying with their levels, and so she'll sit in class and um, kind of like these internal conversations going on in her head and laughing. Um, one of the kids who passed out twice, um, she's really, really bright, um, but also had some, and she's actually talked to me about the problems that she had in high school, bullying and um, unpleasant experiences and things. <clears throat> and another kid who's um, pretty far on the Asperger um, autism spectrum. Um, kind of just curls up in a ball. This is for this is for a communication class. Curls up in a ball, hands over her face and head, knee, kind of going up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and you can kind of get her to come into groups. And she, she's actually, I've actually heard her speak a little bit, but ouch. Ouch, ouch. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's memorable. Um, and that's hard, but I think it also maybe says something that these kids in my class and I myself am so closely or intimately connected with the problems says something. Um, you know, they shouldn't be in school. Um, but you know, um, this is Japan. So, mm, that's memorable. Yeah, I don't know if they shouldn't be in school. I would they argue they're, they're, that they're, they should be in school with a whole lot of support. They need a whole lot, but like, you yeah, know, but, they just can't function. But what really I think is key here is that that all those things that would help support them is put upon the teacher. I think you've talked about this before, that yes, yes, you're notified that yep. you get the student and then there's no support provided. There's no counseling available or given to the student. There's no support like tutoring, um, mentoring with that student. Uh, that's, that's what makes me sad. Mm. That's what makes me sad. But I want to run with what you're saying is that one of the insights I did have this year is that I think what I would have traditionally considered to be dislike of English or asocial behavior, for example, I'm become wondering more and more whether or not it's really some more psychological issues for students. There, there's been a change I've noticed in the ability, for example, at one of my schools where the students used to be able, were very good working in groups, had good communication skills, and in the last four years or so, I've noticed a big shift that they don't seem to be able to do group work. They don't know how to interact with each other. They don't know how to engage each other. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And interestingly enough, it used to be that's how we would talk about like the science kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And this one professor I know, um, is a really, really interesting guy. And one of those really good people mm -hmm. pointed out that it's the science students who know how to communicate now because they're always doing group work in their labs and they have mm. to work together as teams. And so there's this, what you would have said was the liberal arts students who used to be the ones who knew how to communicate are the ones who don't because they don't know how to work together. And the science students who traditionally you would call geeks or nerds are the ones who really do know how to do teamwork and do collaborative work. And I'm really seeing that shift now. I think I, and, I, think I've, I've, I can share that. I think I can see that as well. So you think that's a pretty reasonable observation? Mm, mm. Yeah, and, my, my experience supports it, yeah. Yeah, and when I'm seeing the science students, um, they used to kind of strike me as being a little bit unusual or not the, or let me, uh, yeah, you know, that kind of geeky nerd image we have mm -hmm. of science students. Mm -hmm. But that seems to be not the case so much it's anymore. Changes, it? It, right? It's changing. But in the liberal arts courses, I'm seeing more behaviors that I would think you're right that are borderline psychological, either Asperger's or, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know on an autism spectrum, but there are kids who are asocial, um, frighteningly shy, mm. I think, to the point where they actually start shaking mm. and sweating and panicking if I even come near them or talk to them. Um, and that has increased a mm. bit. So, yeah, yeah, but I'm, the lack of support for those students really hurts me. Mm. And that, that's something that needs to be done, but what can you say? Yep, yep. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I'm thinking that, for me, the other thing I thought about, and I, this Monday class is something I've been really struggling with this since October, and... I, I know the teacher who taught them um, last semester, and he's made some comments, observations about the class. And I was looking at them and watching them work together. And this might be the most valuable insight, and it's not a new insight, but it got driven home really clearly, is I looked and I thought to myself, you know, the only way I can really explain the behavior I'm seeing in this class is these kids don't like each other. Hmm. They don't like the people who are in the classroom with them. Mm. And it's interesting because now the they're, they're not major. They're not all the same major or they're not all from the same faculty, but they're all mixed together. And I think that I haven't accounted for those differences. You know, what happens if you put economics kids and business administration kids together with, <laughs> let's say, liberal arts students and education students and science students? We've never had this kind of mixing before. And I realized that maybe, you know, I have to do more team building, more communication work. So that is something that I will be doing from April, but that was somewhat helpful. Hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a good observation. That, yeah, but I was watching, it's like, huh, maybe they just don't want us. You know, when I talked about the, the greetings, right? You know, you're supposed to do this every morning. Yeah. First thing you do when you go into groups. And I don't say, want well, to talk to this person. I don't want to talk to this person. Why are you forcing me to be friendly and nice? I just want to like, you know, I'd be happy. I think that they would be happier, for example, just doing like TOEFL prep. It's possible. It's very, very likely. I have a similar uh, kind of mistake. I don't know if I mentioned this on the, on the show before. I, I might have. But it's very similar like where I thought <clears throat> the the class i thought the students were apathetic and and even hostile and just they you know they were they're sophomores so they're you know it's a full of course they just wrote it off as a full dose of uh sophomoritis um because they're just you know there's like no connection and um i lost some of the students because they <laughs> incredibly they um and this was like the other thing they, all these kids they went to study abroad for the second semester so the class size um, cut in half, maybe. So I'm left with about 10 or 12 students. And at the beginning of this semester, um, before class, just kind of listening to them um, talk with each other in, in Japanese. And um, I had this, <laughs> this epiphany. I was just listening to them. And it says, all, all of my assumptions were wrong 
it's not that they don't they're you know it's not they're they're hostile to learning english they're just really really not bright <laughs> to put it kindly um is listening to their conversations in japanese and they're they were on they had a hard time communicating in japanese just following each other's statements um they just it was, it was it was it was a moment it was like wow it's like you and changed my teaching to that thing and it's it's all smiles okay. <laughs> weird um but but there you go i mean we you know we again we've talked about this before it's like we, you know oh yeah we, i've been teaching for 25 years i've been teaching for 30 years of course i you know i i can tell yes. the difference but you know i can walk into a classroom and tell right away what kind of this is like no no <laughs> you're gonna screw up that <laughs> and i did that 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 keeps getting banged into my head but <laughs> what this this thing that you just described was articulated really i thought brilliantly by my daughter and it just came up in a conversation yesterday because uh, i was talking with my daughter and she's you know um getting ready to go into i guess what's going to be she's in 10th grade she's going to be in 11th grade next year and thinking about her future which is very much thinking about going into elementary education and we were somehow talking about education and how a teacher interacts with students and she talked about how you know the japanese phrase catch ball right which we would just call catch mm -hmm. and she said well you know there's what i try to explain to people is there's conversational catch ball and that's the ideal situation and she says that she observes so many times that people are playing dodgeball in their conversations and i just found that image just so perfect yeah and it's nice it really explained to me what was the problem with my teaching you know how you talk about how you found the students even in their own language not really able to carry on a conversation with mm -hmm. each other and i realized yeah, well, maybe when I'm talking to students, they really don't want to engage with me or they don't want to engage with each other in English. And what they're doing is they're playing dodgeball. They're trying to avoid their turn rather than the rule of improvisation, which is when somebody says something, you never deny it, you build upon it, you run with it, you go with it. And yesterday while we were talking, I was kind of, oh, okay. That's really insightful, but that's going to cause me a lot of recalibration. Mm -hmm. But now that I kind of understand that, mm -hmm. I think in the similar way that when you, yeah, if you listen to your students talking, sometimes you'd be amazed at how much depth they have. But at other times, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm listening and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, they don't understand the rules of conversation even in their native language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're, they're not engaging each other, so... <clears throat> I wanted to second what you said, that it's really important to know what your students are doing in their native language. For example, the idea that oh, this student doesn't want to speak English, you know, this is one of the real common ones. And then it's like, well, well maybe the student's shy in their own language too. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not just that they're shy in English, but so the, that's always an interesting thing to do. But yeah, the dodgeball thing was, uh, mm. that kind of was a nice yeah, metaphor. Yeah, very insightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've said that to have my daughter teach my classes from now on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny and interesting. I'm sure the classes would go much better. But yeah, the looking back again, I had uh, I want to run and kind of shift gears here and kind of go to a positive, but but two positives that really hurt. In a way, I was teaching at a class uh, at a school, and it's. Um, the students are not, let's say, the most academically oriented. And I'm teaching a class that I'm really struggling with. I was given the class, and it's hard for me to figure out how to teach the class with students who have limited English ability. And the students are quiet, and they don't engage so much. But I got to class, I was sitting in the room, and one of the students came early. And after t 11, 12 weeks, the student turns to me and starts talking to me in reasonably good English never knew the student could speak English reasonably well and wanted to know what 
movies I like because they said, oh, I like television, American movies and television. I just fought, finished watching all of Friends, uh, the American sitcom. And we had a really nice 15 minute conversation waiting for the students to come in. And I just was like, wanted to bang my head on the table and say, why didn't you talk to me before? I've been sitting in the room in between classes, you've been here and you've never quite engaged me. And then I thought to myself, well, what did I not do? But it was that real wonderful feeling of, ah, this is what makes me feel great about teaching is the contact with the students, mm -hmm. right? Oh, okay, mm -hmm. I'm making contact. I'm, there's The circle is complete, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're not playing dodgeball anymore, so to speak. And then I thought to myself, but why didn't you talk to me before? I could have put this into the class. We could have been working more with American television and movies. And I could have created a class experience that would have been so much more interesting for you. So that kind of real sweet and sour experience. So when you figure that out, you'll let the rest of us know, huh? No. <laughs> I'll keep that one to myself. But you know that feeling. But sure, what is it? Yeah, you have to like sit and what, think about what, what prevents that from happening more or earlier or whatever or something. Why? Or what caused it to come up at that moment, mm. right? Or is it something you've said, which is that, you know, if we don't have the students for a year, we have them for just such a short amount of time. There's right. no opportunity for them to get comfortable. Right. Maybe that student needed time to get comfortable. And that's the, that's know. a cultural thing too, right? That that time thing is also very different. Things things you know, per, personal relationships here progress much more slowly than they than they do in a lot of Western cultures. That is that is so very true, right? <clears throat> and especially the fact that most relationships are long term here, right? I can't believe that students still have elementary school reunions. Hmm. We would never do that. Mm. But I guess I'm rather asocial. I've never gone to a high school reunion either. <laughs> no, it's not quite convenient. <laughs> Have you ever gone to one? I went to one before I came. That's, well, that says everything, doesn't it? I went to one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, no interest in going to another one. I'm not going back to another one here. So that was an interesting thing. And then I had something similar happen with another student. And. This was in another school, and it's interesting. This came about because the student didn't do their homework, and I said, come on, you know, we have a website. Why didn't you do the homework? And the student came up to me at the end of class and said, look, I did the homework while I was in class. And I'm like, well, you weren't supposed to be doing the homework while you are in class. But we started talking, and this student it was talking about how they're interested in recombinant DNA and certain kinds of genetic um, therapies for treating diseases and that their goal was to start a company that could help people and um, work with using genetic therapies for cancer treatments. And I'm just like, my God, this is great. This is fantastic. Why are you telling me this now? I mean, I should, I'm grateful that the student told me this, right? But sure. the same feeling of, oh, if you had told me this in the beginning. And I you know that feeling of when you're really, really happy. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I can there's remember that, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, <laughs> there's, and then there's just that sadness of, oh, I could have done so much more. I could have worked with you. I could have been really interested in helping you move forward you know, in any way that I was would be able to support you in that way. So I was a little sad, but I did have one exceptionally meaningful interchange with a student over a couple of times about a student who is originally not from Japan, comes from a mixed family. And the students wanted to talk with me about the pressure they were feeling and what it was like feeling out of place in Japan. And I was able to direct that student to some helpful resources. They got back to me and said that the resources were helpful. And th those three interactions made me realize that the reason that I didn't feel so much joy this year was I didn't see evidence of my being able to improve the lives of my students.
Mm. And it made it really clear to me that that's something central to me. Mm -hmm. That I need to, if I don't feel that, I feel like I'm not doing my job. Mm. And that I was kind of, I think in, in all honesty, that I was angry with my students for not, for in my way, and I'm not saying this is right, but this is just the emotional way that I perceived it. I'm angry with you for not allowing me to do that, hmm. for not giving me the opportunity to help improve your lives, because I think that there are some things I do well, and that if you had just been a little bit more open-minded or a little bit more open to what I was doing, I could really have taken you a little bit further and hmm. hopefully improved the quality of your life. And now that I have that realization, I now know that ah, that's how I have to really focus on structuring my life is by or my classes is by increasing those opportunities and really asking myself, what is it that I need to do so that the students understand that and that those students who wish to take advantage of it will do so. Mm. So that's that was like a good thing mm -hmm. from those, mm -hmm. and I have yeah, to yeah, say yeah. that I have to say thank you to those three students because without that, I don't know if I would have come through the end of the year and said, ah, this is why I'm not as happy as I used to be. I miss that circle. I mm. miss the interaction. I miss having that feeling of, ah, I was able to help somebody a little bit. And it's all ego. I understand that, but it's real important to me. So anyway, well, that's, that's my long I think story. it's an important part of, uh, of, the, of the job. I mean, that's a big part of why we do what we want to do. I mean, it's like you can kind of twisted around like that miracle of 34th street with the psychologist and alfred right anything any good deeds you do you're doing it for selfish reasons <laughs> because you got some kind of guilt complex it's like no that's not always the case yeah i have yeah, complexes <laughs> but guilt is not one of them <laughs> but yeah. um I, th yeah, I think anybody listening to the podcast can certainly understand <laughs> exactly what you're talking about there yeah but the the key is that i i saw something felt it and then was able to figure out that I don't know how to concretely do it, but at least now I know that that's what I have to do mm. Mm. is somehow structure things more so that those opportunities are increased. Mm -hmm. Baby so, steps, baby steps. Uh, you, always, know, yeah. you know the direction to go in, right? That's what that's what's key. Good. You know, I, I think, Tony, that that's the difference between being a teacher in the classroom for about 27, 30 years or whatever versus being a newer teacher is that I do understand, yes, baby steps. So small little incremental changes that need to be done. It's not like some giant, you know, change that's going to fix everything. They're tweaks. They're little things that will allow for that to happen. I don't know. Maybe maybe I do need major changes. I don't know. Uh, at this point, you got to go with smaller stuff. You can't do a major change now. Yeah, you think so? <clears throat> I think so, because yeah. uh, I think you know your teach not you um, anybody's, um, especially after X number of years, um, your teaching style is so intertwined with your identity, your personality. Um, I don't know that big change is possible. You can do you can change things, but I think you know you you are who you are, and um, I'm not sure that you can change that. Um, you can you can change certain what things uh, that you do. You can change certain behaviors. You can learn to observe things that you might not observe before. But basically, we are who we are, and uh, that kind of defines what happens in the classroom. Though you know you can always improve it. You can do it, but basically, especially for us. Um, I've been making a big change at this point. Be really hard. And probably not necessary because we've gotten here and we've become who we are because uh, for one reason or another, we felt that it worked. So, eh, um, you know, look for where you can, look for the little things that you can improve and, and work on those things because little things can have big um, uh, results. Mm. And I think the other difference, too, I realize now is don't worry about your weaknesses. Mm. Rut, go with eh. your strengths. Improve your strengths. Because oh. uh, if, I, if okay. I haven't fixed it by now, mm. I, I'm not fixing it. I, I, I want to. But I think you're right that so much. Depending what they are. <laughs> well, let's not even go down that road. <laughs> some, some of those weaknesses might deserve a little attention. <laughs> no, no, no. All my 
Yeah, you know, that's kind of like in job interviews, right? When people say, mm. so what's your biggest weakness? Oh, I work too hard. It's like, oh, come on. You know, come on. What's your biggest weakness? Okay, you know, it's like, if I think you're an idiot, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always interesting at the end of the year. It's always interesting at the end of the year what happens in that review period. Mm. Yep. Well, I got a lot more sure. stuff. Yeah. Let's go. Run. Okay. I had a, I had a heartbreaking... Um, case of plagiarism a heartbreaking case of plagiarism now that's a sentence i've never heard uttered uh it's this is this was heartbreaking um this is uh the i've had the student this was the second year that i had the student and um the really good good class last year good class this year uh she was slacking off this year um not taking things too seriously, but miss some classes. But, you know, when, when she's in class, she's cheerful and, and engaged and everything else. And uh, at the end of the spring semester, she had a, I, I'm believing it's a legitimate family crisis and was able to, unable to do the, the, um, the final project. And it says, okay, well, you know, I know you. Um, <clears throat> I trust you. I'm going to give you a grade based on the assumption that you're going to produce an average project. And it was an oral presentation or a paper. They had a chance. It's a paper. Or paper. Okay. And I'm going to pass you, but you got to, you got to do it and give it to me when we, we come back in um, for them. Um, yeah. September, October, October, I think maybe the last week in September and came back and you know, waited a few weeks. It's like, well, you know, um, I'm still waiting on that paper. And it's just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple of weeks, I say, I'm still waiting for that paper. So I have it next week for sure. I say, okay, fine. And she hands me, hands in the paper. And like right after the first paragraph, it's just copied and pasted. And it's like, oh, Jesus. And um, this particular institution um, has a very, very strict policy on plagiarism. If, if a student's caught plagiarizing, I'm supposed to report to the school and they get zeros for all the classes that they're registered for that semester. Wow. Yeah. And um, I know we, we are you know, in contact on, on Twitter, I think, maybe Facebook, but I think it's Twitter. And I says, well, you know, this is really disappointing. I'm not going to tell the school, but you, you, you know, you're, you're gone. This is zero. Oh, give me a second chance. I said, no, this was your second chance. Um, no, you're getting, yeah, you're gone. It's a, there's like, yeah, I'm not going to reconsider. And then, you know, there's about, you know, 10 pleas for leniency after that, um, which I just ignored. I said, you yeah, know, we're done. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that really hurt. Oh, that was, that was rough. Cause you know, a jerk, you know, a jerk does it. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. But this one is like, ah. Oh. Uh, it, it stung because we had a personal relationship, right? I mean, I knew her; she knew me, right? Mm. Those hurt. Mm. The ones where you have to, the standards have to be maintained. Mm. And you know, that was very nice of you, not to, and kind of you, and generous to not report her to the school, right? See, that's I think. If the person kept asking me for pleas and stuff, and finally I probably would turn and say, listen, I've made my decision. It's done. Accept it. If you're not willing to accept it, then I'm going to have to report you to the school. Because I would want that student to understand that I had actually, even though I had been strict, that I was doing them a favor. Uh, so I wonder if she's going to appreciate that. I think she. I think she's getting around to it. Um, right. The, the last, last one says she accepts my decision. And she, but she wants to come to class to apologize. I didn't respond to it, but she didn't come to class either. So, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's I'd rather. Fine. Yes, yes. I don't yes. want to see her, because yeah, I might. Yes. I might weaken and give her a second chance. I don't want to give her a second chance. Yeah. <clears throat> what is it when my dog's looking at me or something, and I say I am impervious <laughs> to your charms, right? Yes, yes, yes. I am impervious to your charms, which is kind of more like an incantation than. You know, trying to build up my resistance. Those always, you know, you're right. And this is not a, a fair thing, but, you know, there are, are the students where, you, you know, one thing is you have to apply the rules fairly. But 
you know, sometimes you think, okay, you know, this student has just been rude and impolite and, you know, I have no problems. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you plagiarized mm-hmm. and sorry, no. And there's nothing that student's going to be able to do. And I, I feel comfortable. But when you have the student who's been reasonably good and they, they, they did something knowingly it was wrong. Yeah. And you have to kind of say, look, it doesn't matter. You, you, you got to pay the price here. Yeah. And it's like that situation. It's like, please don't bother me again. I'm feeling bad enough already. <laughs> yes. You know, and then you start yes. thinking, am I being, you know, am I being a little bit played here? You know, again, it goes back to my right, dog, you know, right. like, you know, this here, you're, you're working on my emotions. And so in those situations, I've actually said to students, you know, once that decision is made, it's not it, it's not being changed because if I've made a decision to say that no, you're not getting credit for the class because of plagiarism, it means I've thought about it and the evidence is so strong that I'm not swayable. And do not ask again. And I've actually said the opposite where I've turned to students who's come to me and said, look, if you keep asking me, then I'm going to have to report to the school that you've plagiarized. So make a decision here. Leave it with me and leave it alone or, and and usually that tends to get the students to back away because some students will not back off on that. Right, right. That persistent nagging in a way, right? Yeah. And I think there's something about that culturally, right? Whereas if Mm. you just stay in front long enough, people will give in. Yeah, camp out in front of your house or something, right? Oh God. Please no. <laughs> you know, kneeling <laughs> kneeling down with their head down in front of your door. Oh my gosh, you must. Oh my gosh, you must. There's Isn't a word. There's like, a word for that. Yeah, Fight Club. Isn't that the scene <laughs> from Fight Club where they they made the people stand outside the front door for like three or four days? I don't remember that one. Yeah, might be. Oh well. Yeah, I think so. I I watched the movie. Anyway, I got I got ago. two more big ones. I got two more. Big okay, ones. go for it. Um, you like this one? Um. Because, you know, um, I know I work too much and we talked about like, you know, getting, you know, getting older and teaching longer and, you know, like, uh, you know, it's, it's the magic slipping away or that type of thing. So, but yeah, I work too much. And this year, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, on, to be honest, right, I'm starting to feel it <clears throat> physically and mentally. Uh, and this is good evidence um, toward the end of this last semester. Big, a pretty big mistake. I have I have a, a presentation class, and um, f- for one week I gave them the assignment. They're supposed to hand in either a script or a detailed outline of their presentation with their resources and um, properly formatted. And I was going to correct them and give them back to them the following week so that they could practice and do things well for over the winter break and do their perfect presentations in January. Well, they they handed in their work, and I corrected it all very quick, and then I promptly forgot. And then I went to class, and I says, "Well, where's your, where's your script? Where's your, where's your detailed outlines? Nobody, nobody's got it. I can't believe this. Okay, you know what? Here's my email address. Just to make sure you get to me as soon as possible. <laughs> you, no, worth, I have, worth, I have absolutely. You, worth, you worthless bunch of jerks. I'm so disappointed in you. Of course, of course, nobody said anything. I have absolutely no concept of what you're talking about. <laughs> this has never happened to me, nor do I ever expect it so to then happen. I to go me. home uh, and I was like, "Damn, you know these kids are the, all year long. They've just been totally underperforming. So disappointing." And I'm looking through my folders for this for this particular school because you know, every school's got its different bucket and it's like it's like what the hell is this I go, oh man oh man and they're, they're, they're everybody's work all my corrections <laughs> on it and i says oh damn so it's okay let's i go to their web page and online i put it, it's like listen i really screwed up it's like of course None of them are going to look at the web page during the winter break. He says, you know, give, make sure I have your email and I, I'll scan it and I'll give it back to you. So I went through other records that I have that may or may not have their email address. Look for other prior correspondence and say, okay, scanned all of these things and sent it to them. It's like, oh, man, uh, I, I don't. <clears throat> I don't make mistakes like that, but now I do. <laughs> now I do. And um, that's... I don't know, scary or unpleasant. I don't like, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's from, you know, it's just doing too much. 
Yeah. And it's going to happen. I mean, if it happens once in a while. Mm. Well, this then... is kind of first for me, I think. I'm usually a little bit more on top of things. Yeah. Well, I think in that situation where, you know, you do something like that and then the student, one of the students will say, but we turned it in and it says, okay, good. Yeah, I was just checking to make sure you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, try to do some kind of recovery there. But yeah, that that's why I find the website really helpful. <laughs> it reminds you what you did, what you told. Well, I use okay. it. I use the website for note taking sure, for my classes. Sure. It's it's there. You're absolutely it's right. Available. I don't have to take notes in my classes. I don't have some notebook somewhere, and you know, or two notebooks or three notebooks. You know how your notes start getting, you know, spread out everywhere. Mm. So that's always a good thing. But I just have absolutely no conception of what you went through there, Tony. Anyway, you said you have a few more things. Go. Well, the, the, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the last big one. It's kind of interesting, and it's I don't I don't think it's a downer. Um, but uh, last year, um, one of my classes, um, I mentioned that like my last classes often are like kind of Christmas themed, and um, uh, this this particular class it's, it's kind of small. It's about twenty kids, and, and you know, flexible. So I left the decision to the last day. I said, "What are you gonna do?" Like, they says, "Nothing. We don't want to do anything." I says, oh, "It's like okay." And they says, "But you have to leave the room." And I says, hmm? um, "Well, they had they had planned a surprise birthday party for me, and uh, I have a lot of those same kids this year." in the same class where I had the plagiarizing student, right? Um, uh, so no party this year. And and that was actually fine because what you were saying before, it's like, you know, last year? Yeah, I'll take it. I deserve it. I deserve it. I, I worked hard with that particular, especially with that class, um, overcoming um, the um, problems with the uh, <clears throat> coordination. And uh, this year, I, I did this kind of the same thing, but without the same kind of guilt or um, reservations. I was like, okay, no, I know what to do. I'm, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to you know, go off reservation with this class. But I like kind of what you're talking about. It's like, I know that maybe I wasn't doing my best. And so, yeah, I... Uh, didn't deserve a birthday party this year. Last year I did, and I took it. And this year I didn't, and then that's fine. So, I miss, as we say in Chicago, wait till next year. <laughs> I'll do a better job next year. So I don't know. Um, I know I knew the students. It was a better class maybe than the one I had last year, so I didn't try as hard maybe. Um, last year was a first year, first period class. This is the last period on Friday. And I'm tired. Um, is it just a difference like one or two kids in the class? I don't know. Well, you know, they're tired too. Yes. We're all tired and we have, <laughs> we have all acknowledged it. <laughs> well, I think it's Grant Wiggins who passed away a number of years ago and he did the blog Granted. He's the guy who wrote, co-wrote, um, um, what is it, Curriculum by Design? I forget exactly the title. It sounds but familiar. He, his blog posts are really good, but he has one where he talks about a teacher who went and shadowed what their students did in like high school. Okay. And that person reports back as to how exhausted <laughs> they were from having to sit all day. Yes. Right. And we forget that our classes tend to be reasonably active compared to most of the classes these students go through. Right. They're just sitting, and a lot of the times there's just lecture classes, Ugh. and, you know, they're drifting off to sleep or they're not being active, and you get them fourth period, and they've had three classes before you. And, you know, th this I'm going to segue here for just a second, Tony, but I had to go to a meeting the other day, and it was a 90-minute meeting, and it was just unbearably long. It was just one. <laughs> Pardon? And it was just one. 
Yeah, well, but the point. Imagine was if you had to like pick up your stuff and go to another one. Right oh, there are and those then another days. one, and then another there are, one. And there are another. those days, and I don't even have it as bad as some people do. Right. I know some people who have to go through like four meetings in a day, but I feel so bad for these people. It's exhausting. Um, well, first off, um, but you know, oh, yeah, I, I could segue into you know my biggest gripe that there's no concern here for productivity. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just. Throw as much time as you can at a problem instead of, hey, what's the fastest, most efficient and effective way to get this done? But what I was just going to say is that after well, I was going through this meeting and I just had no interest in what's going on. And it's like, you know, look, I know this. I could do this already. I don't understand. It's just a formality. And I thought, oh, this is how my students feel. Mm. 90 minutes is really, really a long time when you're not interested. Too Yes, and uh, exactly. And that led me to just like, why do we not have 45-minute classes? Why are the periods not 45 minutes and then I get, you know, get the kid again later in the day? Sure. For example, that would make so much more sense. But then again, it goes back to what you've said before, (laughs) right? It's it's intentional failure by intentionality, right? Failure by design. Failure by design, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so, so that's, how we, that's how we end up the year. <laughs> we end up the year failing by design. No, I, that, okay, in, in my defense, I do not fail by design. Mm. I, I, I fail by ineptitude or, <laughs> you know, not knowing what to do or making mistakes. But I do not start out with the intentional goal of making sure that learning does not occur. Mm. And, you know, that really is what you're talking about but yeah those students are tired tony yes fourth period is it a friday fourth period yeah uh they feel like we do yeah and and you know and i'm i'm close enough with these kids that we both understand it and we both cut each other slack and uh that's good it's a it's a it's a, it's a wonderful class it's a wonderful class i mean it's a yeah it's 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 a bad it's an off it's the worst time slot but it's a it's a it's a wonderful class they're they're angels um i'm gonna miss them Mm. Yeah, those those are the fun ones, aren't they? Mm. Mm. Ones when you look at them and say, you know, this has been a good semester, a good year of work. I will miss you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But that's hard. I think it's amazing that you're able to do that given your teaching load. Yeah, and, you know, and there's like, like like a handful of kids that like always, you know, they all have their their seat. They'll sit in the same spot and stuff. And there's a handful of kids that I had last year, I have them again this year. It's like I they'll hand back their their little quizzes and things when they get a good score and they just get this little smile and glow you know it's like they're they're enjoying doing well it's like oh man it's such a nice thing to see it's an essential thing to yeah. see yeah so it's it's very rewarding hmm. so yeah that you talk about like joint teaching it's like yeah I, I i still feel that it's nice yeah. well i i have to <clears throat> i mean it's not that I, I what i'm complaining about is i just don't have the amount of joy mm. For example, I get to work with four students very closely in a seminar, mm. and these four students are just joyous to work with. Mm. You know, mm. they really work. They work hard. They're really interested in doing their best, and they're you know dealing with like you know they're learning statistics right now and writing their so it's, you know their graduation thesis, and they're working hard, and they're just a great group of students to work for, and they make me laugh. You know. And I'm really happy too. Two of them got into uh, graduate school. Really, you know, oh good, um, like nice. one of the top, the, one of the, the top, nice. maybe the top graduate school for um, looking, you know, at applied linguistics. So I feel real good about that. And I did absolutely nothing to help them along that course. So they did it all on their own, which is really nice. But yeah, there are some moments of joy. I just want more moments. <laughs> Don't we all? I'm greedy and selfish. Don't I'm we greedy all? and selfish. Well, Tony. I mean, it's a good time to wrap up. Let's say goodbye to 2017. Let's to 2017 and 2018. Shut this one coming. down. Shut it down. Yeah, shut it down. Say goodbye. Right? Kick it in the ass. <laughs> Way out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're at that point in life, right? Mm. Next year, I, I, I hit 60. You're at... How many years away from retirement now? I can't. Uh, not as not as not as few as I had hoped, but I'm not as few there. as you had hoped, and not as much money in the bank as you had wanted. Right. I think I think I, I added another year onto my plan, but we'll 
We'll see what happens. Worst things could happen. Coming up, coming up next, this year, however, next year, this year, next year, 2018, um, we will tick over number 100 of these podcasts. Wait, this is number 94, right? This is 94, so it'll come in June, eh? Wow. Um, 100. 100. So, um, uh, listeners... If you got some, <laughs> you got some ideas because we don't. <laughs> if you got some really good ideas, uh, some kind don't of ask Tony. Don't ask because somebody's gonna. We're that, gonna get a whole bunch of things that just say, "Just stop." <laughs> yeah, that might be that might be a thing to. That think might be about a good time too. to stop, maybe, if we're going to. Mm. Well, I don't see know. what happens. We'll think about it. So anyway, um, yeah, send us your ideas, please. And wishing everyone a happy new year. Yes, happy new year, happy new year. I wonder, hope that 2018 is. The best one ever. Yeah, have a have a have a good end to this last dregs of the academic year. Hope it ends up on a ends on a positive note for for all of you and for okay. our, ourselves as well. <laughs> I'm more okay. interested in myself than anybody else. So, <laughs> but out of generosity of spirit, since it is the holiday season, yes, wishing everybody else. Uh, hope it works out very well. So, okay. I'm Charles Wiz, Tony Silva. It's two teachers talking, and we're everywhere. That's right. Okay. Okay, happy new year. Happy new year. Be well. Bye.